اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم قد افلح المؤمنون الذین هم فی صلاتهم خاشعون والذین هم عن اللغو معرضون والذین هم للزکاة فاعلون والذین هم لفروجهم حافظون الا على ازواجهم او ما ملکت ایمانهم او ما ملکت ایمانهم فانہم غیر ملومین صدق اللہ العظیم یسطری وی ڈسکسٹ دی امپورٹنس آف صلاح بریفلی اینڈ وٹ اے فنڈامنٹل پوزیشن صلاح ہولڈ ان لائف آف اے مومن اینڈ ہاؤ دا صلاح اینڈ دا ریکٹیفیکیشن آف صلاح از لنکڈ ٹو دا ریسٹ آف دین اینڈ دا اسلا آف دا ریسٹ آف دین پرسن ہو از کانشیس آف اے صلاح پرفارمنگ اٹ ریگولرلی پرفارمنگ اٹ کوریکٹلی And inshallah, he will be more conscious of fulfilling the other commands of deen. Person who is casual, who is negligent of his salah, then aspects pertaining to the rest of deen will be neglected to a greater extent. This is the subject matter of a hadith of Rasulullah This is the detail that Hazrat Umar wrote to all his governors. In any case, every effort has to be made to make sure that five times a day or five salah with jama'ah, we are performing it correctly with jama'ah. Unless there is a valid shari'i reason for omitting jama'ah, then that's a different issue. But without such a valid shari'i reason, then the five times salah with jama'ah. And in that, the inmate to perform that salah with takbir ula. The hadith sharif, it comes that had people known what is the reward of takbir ula then they would raced they would come early to the masjid if the people had known what was the reward and the benefit of tabkir of coming early to the masjid so that they can get their takbir ula then they would have rushed to come early so these are things that we need to develop within us the consciousness of takbir ula the consciousness of salah jama'a some of the incidents were mentioned previously in other discussions Hazrat Gangoi the one occasion where there was some jalsa and he got delayed because of people having thronged around him to greet him and by that time the salah just started and he just got there just after the takbir ula finished off and after the salah People saw him in a state of complete grief. They didn't know what happened. Somebody inquired. Finally, when he mentioned it, he says, this is after 22 years, today I missed my takbir ula. After 22 years, because of this being something not in his control as well, this takbir ula was missed. And as a result, this was the grief that he was feeling. But if a person has that value of takbir ula, then he'll feel something about it. Otherwise, it'll be like a joke to somebody, 12, 22 years of takbir ula, so what? But those who know the value of these things, then they will take it differently. They will understand what is the, what the effort was made in it. In the hadith sharif, it comes that a person who performs his salah for 40 days without missing the takbir ula once. So 40 days with jama'ah, with takbir ula. 
then he will be granted two certificates. Bara'atum minan nifaq wa bara'atum minan nar. One is that he will be given the certificate of freedom from hypocrisy and the other from freedom of, from the fire of Jahannam. Much of the situations that we find ourselves in, that on the one hand, we understand what is something correct, we know the detail of it, yet we do something the opposite. Person knows what is halal and haram, yet we are engaging ourselves sometimes in haram. We know the things that we are supposed to do which are compulsory upon us, yet we sometimes neglect it. All this is a kind of hypocrisy. Not the hypocrisy of the level of the munafiqeen, but it's a kind of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is where the inside is something and the outer self is something else. So inside, the person is engaging in haram. Outwardly, there's a uh, picture of piety. So there's a kind of hypocrisy. So the effort is to be made is to make the inside like the outside. And to make the outside correct. Both are required. Allahumma j'al sariratī khayram min alaniyati wa j'al alaniyati saliha. The dua Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is to make among many, many duas in which as we repeatedly have heard that these duas are ta'aleem. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is to make these duas as ta'aleem to the ummah. So this dua in particular, Allahumma j'al sariratī khayram min alaniyati. Ya Allah, make my inner self better than my outer self. But it doesn't mean that the outer self, there is no need to worry about what the outer self is like. The inner self must be better than the outer self. And make my outer self righteous. The outer self must be also righteous. A person goes to buy something, some fruit. So he doesn't worry only whether if it's going to be good inside, he wants to see the outside also. The outside is also looking right. Because if there is some blemishes on the skin of it, then this is actually indicating there's a problem inside. Because what is looking bad outside is as a result of the something gone wrong inside. So the outer self is also important, but the inner self must be better than the outer self. So likewise, what we are talking about is that sometimes a person, the inner self is something else, the outer self is a picture of piety. So this is a kind of hypocrisy one of the remedies to this is that a person becomes conscious of his salah, becomes very punctual on his salah, and tries to perform this salah with takbir ula, and this goes, inshallah, for 40 days without a break, then this is the certificate from bara'atum minan nifaq, which inshallah the barakat of this would be, that his outer self and inner self will all become correct. There will be this consistency, that what the picture of the outer self is, Inshallah, the inner self will become likewise. So this 40 days of salah with takbir ula, without a break, this is a very great thing. We should strive for this, inshallah. Allah ta'ala make it easy and possible that a person, each one, acquires this. So these are all the aspects pertaining to the structure of salah, that the body of salah has to be in place, the person is performing it regularly, he's performing the postures correctly, he's performing it in the sunnah manner. All this is necessary. Otherwise, if that salah is performed in a manner that is not in conformance to the sunnah, then anything done without being conforming to the sunnah of Rasulullah that cannot gain the acceptance that is required. One is the acceptance in terms of the 
compulsion and the obligation of salah being fulfilled, then he fulfilled the postures correctly, he did the basic requirements of salah, then he will be absorbed of the obligation. But it becoming accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala is something beyond that. That requires that it be done in the sunnah manner. Fulfilling all the postures of salah correctly in the way that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught the salah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught the salah also practically. In the hadith we find, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. That perform your salah as you saw me, as you see me performing my salah. The various details were given, but despite that, Nabi Islam said, learn your salah from me practically. And this is how it has come down. This is how the salah was narrated and related. As Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala his close proximity to Rasulullah in that he learned the salah. He was so close to Rasulullah Abu Musa Ashari radiallahu says that I came from Yemen and for a while, I thought that Abu uh, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu and his mother were part of the Ahlul Bayt, were part of the household of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because they were so close, they were in and out of the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I thought that they were part of this household. So this is how close he was. He was all the time with Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he learned the salah practically like many Sahaba. Initially, there was even a stage where to speak in Salah was permissible. Then the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif came, among which was this ayat. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Among other things, even speaking became forbidden after this ayat was revealed. That now there is no more Salah, no more speaking in Salah. One Sahabi came, now he wasn't aware that this is the new uh, aspect that has come now, and he made Salam to Nabi in salah to others, everybody started looking at him, staring at him. So he kept quiet. After the salah, Nabi Islam called him and with a lot of shafqat and a lot of compassion explained to him that now in salah, this is no more there. Salah is qira'a and tasbih and takbir. So in any case, salah was learned practically and it was transmitted practically. And this has come down in that authentic manner. And even this time and age, we need to rectify our salah by learning it practically. One is the rules we will learn, but two, go to people who have the knowledge of salah correctly and ask them to check our salah. Are we performing it correctly? Are we performing the postures correctly? Is our ruku correct? Is our sajda correct? Is what are we reciting in salah, are we reciting that correctly? Though sometimes a person thinks he's reciting something which he learned years ago, he's just reciting accordingly. But he's never had it rectified by anyone. As a result, he's reading something and he's reading wrongly. Uh, he's reading wrongly in his salah. Sometimes the salah is getting affected to the extent it gets nullified sometimes. So at least those surahs that we recite regularly in salah, we should get those surahs recited to somebody, get them to rectify the mistakes that we may be making, the aspects of tajweed. All this is essential in order for that salah to be done correctly and properly. So in any case, this is the structure of the salah, that it has to be done. Then together with that structure, the soul and the spirit of that salah has to come in. And this is the aspect being discussed in this ayat. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That the success is being promised for those who have khushu' in their salah. What is khushu'? 
So there are many explanations of what khushu is all about, but there are two words that are used with regards to salah, khushu and khudu. Khashi'un, has Abdullah bin Abbas, he explains it as sakinun. That khushu is the external aspect of salah, and included in that is khudu, which is the internal aspect. So khashi'un is one is sakinun, meaning physically the person is totally still, and he's not making any movements which are not part of the salah. Now he will go into ruku, that's a movement. He will go into sajda, that's a movement obviously. But these are movements which are part of the salah. Any movement which is not a part of the salah, a person is playing with his clothes or fiddling with his clothes, he is now scratching unnecessarily. So all these are things which are not part of the salah. So anything that is not part of the salah, Hazrat Abu Bakr regarding him it is mentioned that when he would perform salah, it would appear like as if this is a just some stick, something lifeless, so still he would be. Meaning for a long duration sometimes, maybe whatever length of rakat is performing, for that entire duration he would be like absolutely motionless. So that is the one part of it. And the other is the khudu, that is sukoon fil qalb. The sukoon in the limbs of a person, and the sukoon in his heart. Sukoon in his heart is, that just as his limbs outwardly must not make any movement which is not part of salah. So likewise his heart must not be moving out of the salah. His heart must also be settled in that salah. Now there's two aspects to this. One is that a person does not deliberately bring any thought in his mind, which is not related to salah. And the second is that if some thought came away, then he does not entertain it. He does not now deliberately start thinking of it further. If something came involuntarily, he didn't deliberately bring the thought, he's not conscious of where suddenly he drifted for a moment, then that is not something that has affected the khushu, the basic level of khushu. So the basic level of khushu is that a person deliberately does not bring any thought. Something came away, now he suddenly realized that I drifted, he's conscious now, now he's away, he's in salah. But he now continues in that thought. Now this is against the dictates of khushu. But if it is beyond his control, it's something totally, he never realized this came, he didn't bring it deliberately, he's not answerable for that. Something is not in a person's control, he's not accountable. What is in his control, he's going to be accountable. So this is the basic level, but that has to be enhanced. To the point where a person now, he's immersed in his salah, where as far as possible, he doesn't leave a place for some thoughts to start creeping in. And this is by developing that concentration. So among the things that helps to develop this concentration is how he approaches salah. Part of the approach of salah is the preparation for salah, which is wudu. A person who is diligent in how he performs his wudu. He's performing his wudu correctly, he's performing his wudu, fulfilling the adabs, the etiquettes, the sunnats. And one very important aspect is that he is not wasting water in wudu. Israf in wudu. Israf in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Inna Allah la yuhibbul musrifeen. Allah Ta'ala does not love the wasters. Does not love those who make israf. A person is performing wudu, ibadat of a great nature. 
which is going to bring him closer to Allah Ta'ala, but due to Israf, he's getting distanced away. Because Allah Ta'ala is saying, Allah Ta'ala does not love the wasters. So now that impacts on his salah, because wudu, at-tuhuru, miftahu salati at-tuhur. The key to salah is wudu. Now that wudu got affected, so the key is affected, so obviously the salah is affected. So the first part of it is, is that salah is done, that wudu is done correctly, and it's done without wasting water also. Then before salah, a person tries to be there in, in advance. So that he's got time to get his mind settled completely. Clear his mind out of everything before salah. Whatever has been happening before salah, his mind is now cleared. He's not bringing along all the things that he was occupied in into his salah. And for a short while, engaging in istighfar, engaging in tasbih, in zikr, and recitation of La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al azim in particular. Then the thing that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught is Sallu Salata Muwaddi'in Perform Salah as if this is your last Salah like You are now going to be leaving the dunya after the Salah You are not going to get another opportunity So Sallu, perform your Salah as if it is the Salah of a person now that is definitely going to pass away If a person knew for sure That this is the last Salah he will perform in his life This Salah and then he is going so how he will perform that salah is obvious. In that salah, no other thought will come. Because this is now, he's on his way out. So to try and bring that consciousness, and that could very well be the case, who knows? We have no guarantee of what our appointed moment is, that we're going to live till the following salah also. So that could very well be the case, that this may be the last salah of a person's life. So to ponder over that for a brief moment as well, so these things that a person will bring in his mind, prepare himself in this manner, this also has a very deep impact on the quality of the salah and on the aspect of khushu in particular. So with these things, inshallah, that khushu will be enhanced. So the basic level of khushu is that he does not deliberately bring any thought to mind and does not deliberately then go into a thought that came in involuntarily. There's a point where he realizes that I'm drifting now. As soon as that realization comes, so now totally discard that thought and bring the attention to the salah. Then the other part is that in the salah, to concentrate on what one is reciting. If a person knows the meaning of the surahs that he is reciting, excellent, then he concentrates on the meaning. Otherwise, concentrate on the recitation, on the correct tajweed. Am I pronouncing every letter correctly? 